Hey there. What I thought we would do today is I would present to you a sample from my online course, Applied Developmental Psychology. So you can go ahead and enroll in the course. Just follow the link somewhere in the description for this video. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy this sample talk. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. Prepare for liftoff. This section is spiral dynamics. So in this first lecture, we'll do just a quick overview of spiral dynamics and some of the principles that we are going to thread throughout the different levels, the different stages. And we're going to look at beige, which is the first point, the first level in spiral dynamics. Now, spiral dynamics comes from a psychologist who studied at a university. His name was Claire Graves. And he came up with it because he was having these hundreds and hundreds of students over the years asking him questions which he couldn't answer. Questions like, well, how do you know what is important? How do you know which system of psychology is correct? How do you know what you know? And he started creating questionnaires and asking his students to answer them. And over many, many years, he was able to collate all that data to see clear waves of development, clear psychological structures of development. And that map, that system is spiral dynamics. It was also then further developed by Beck and Cohen, who really made it clear and helped to popularize those initial findings. So that's a little bit about where it comes from. And basically how it works is there are stages of life that unfold depending on the life conditions. Depending on the situation that you are in, you are going to believe a certain thing, you're going to think a certain thing, and you're going to act a certain way. And these conditions change. These conditions kind of evolve. And the idea of the spiral is that you start at one point and you work your way out ever including and encompassing the things that you've been through, the, thing, the things that you've gone through. Now, that brings me to my first major point, the first foundational principle thing that we're going to talk about through all of these levels, which is that every psychological stage of development has a pathological version and an integrated version or a high-functioning version. There's ways in which things can go wrong, cause problems, be negative, have harsh outcomes, detrimental outcomes, be hurtful, all of that. And there's ways in which it's fruitful, it's well-functioning, it's productive, it's good. So these two sort of sides are at every level. And of course, stages of psychological development can fight with other stages. They can actually repress or restrict or constrict or even try and annihilate different stages, different sort of 
ways of thinking, ways of doing, ways of being. And then also different stages can integrate it. They can help to sort of nurture other other phases of development. So that's a dynamic that's going on there. There's the pathological side and there's the positive side or there's the negative side or the negative version of each state of consciousness or level of consciousness or the positive side or the flowering side or the productive side. So get that in, get that into your mind as something that we look at the way we go through. Now, there's also on top of this, what we would say, this difference between the individual and the collective. Spiral dynamics is dynamic enough and intricate enough that it takes into account this idea of I'm one person with my own subjective experience, but I'm also in a world with lots of other people. There's other people with their own perspectives. There's other people with their own desires, their own needs, their own interactions with their environment, and ultimately their own level of consciousness, their own awareness, their own way of seeing reality and how it works. And the spiral dynamics model osculates between the stages from individual to collective to individual to collective to individual. Now, that being said, at every stage, there is a personal individual experience for every stage. Every stage has the the individual experience. Every stage has a component of what it's like to be you, solely you and only you. Further still, every stage has a collective manifestation or a manifestation in which there's many of us, many people in that stage. So it's only just something that you'll see. It'll become clear as you understand what the levels are and how they go on and how this sort of difference between individual and collective sort of has this play, but that's something you've got to work with. That's something you've got to have in the back of your mind as we go along. So the other sort of trilogy or sort of three point thread that we're going to go through this is what I touched on just a few moments ago, which is the life conditions, which is the situation that you're in, the behaviors that you do, the actions that you take, and your subjective experience. And within subjective experience, we might also include the sub sort of ways of understanding that, which would be how you think, how you feel, what sort of emotional profile you have, and also what you perceive, what looking is like for you, what touching is like for you, what smelling and tasting is like for you. So the emphasis on this will be what you do. And we're going to describe this by saying what is typical for someone to be doing at different stages of psychological development And what can you do to be successfully at that stage and to be productive at that stage 
to have the sort of positive form? And then also, what can you do to get through to the next stage? What can you do to actually move on and actually develop through the spiral? So those are a few threads that we'll be coming back to again and again in the different levels that we go to. And there will also be, let me just check what to do conditions. Yeah, there will also be another section on additional threads, which will make this more clear, but we'll get to those later on. Let's just work with what we've got. It's already, it's already a lot of chunky stuff to thread through a lot of levels. So that's enough for an, an overview. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this talk. I'd just like to remind you that this is a sample that comes from my online course, Applied Developmental Psychology. So if you want to go deeper, if you'd like to find out more, you can go ahead and enroll in the course. Thanks very much. And let's get back to the talk. Let's get to beige. And this is the first level of consciousness. This level is undifferentiated and is usually apparent in a human being between the ages of newborn and about 10 months old, or between six months to a year old. So if you're younger than one year, you're probably at about this stage. Now, of course, if you are at this stage, then you're probably not looking at this video, right? <laughs> you're probably not listening to this lecture. But here's the thing, and here's another fundamental principle, which is that every stage stays within you. Once you've gone through it, it's still there. You still have it. Whether you're conscious of it or not, whether you've integrated it or not, it's still there. So when the baby is one year old, everything is different, uh, sorry, undifferentiated. The world is just sort of this one thing. There's no real difference. It's sort of dreamy. There's no difference between biting their hand and biting the blanket. And in that first year, a number of massive cognitive and sensory perception shifts occur, like going from realizing, well, if I bite my thumb, it hurts. And if I bite the blanket, it doesn't hurt, right? The differentiation between the blanket and the hand is that shift out of beige. Then there's also things like if you're playing with a baby and you show them a toy and then you hide it from them, for them, once it's gone out of sight, it doesn't exist anymore. They start looking at something else. But at, a, at another certain stage, when you hide it, you put it behind your back, they start to say, hey, I know it's hiding, bring it out again. And that's a very subtle shift, but a very big shift, right? And the baby from birth to about one year old or one and a half year old, years old goes through a whole bunch of these little incremental differentiations between its body, its hand, its perceptions, the light, the dark, the cold, the hot, the presence of another person and the 
absence of another person, which actually brings them to one of the higher stages, which is the, ne the next higher stage, I should say, which is purple, which is what we'll get to after beige. But these little increments, these little differentiations are coming out of beige. Now, a lot of psychologists actually overlook this stage because it's so primitive, but it's actually very fundamental. And we see later on in some of the higher stages, a kind of returning of this beige stage later on. Now, not only this, but there are moments in life when we regress back to beige. And if you can recognize this, then you can actually see them as a great opportunity for rediscovering very low parts in your consciousness, very deep parts in your consciousness. Now, oftentimes, these moments are moments of quite serious disaster, They're moments of quite serious pain and alarm because you've really been brought back to your primitive state. But if you can recognize it and you can know exactly what to do in that situation, you can actually gain so much from these experiences. You can learn so much and you can actually ride the waves from the very base all the way back to where you're at normally. So when the baby is born, they're completely dependent on their environment. There's no force of their own that can influence the environment at all. They're completely at its mercy. And if you think about it, there are times in life when we regress back to this. This would be in times when, for example, you are sick. So if you have a fever or a virus, or you are injured in some way, say you're severely injured by breaking a bone or a, a limb or a flesh wound or something like this, then you're brought to this state where you need help, you need rest, you need to be hospitalized. And it might even be that you can't even eat. Now, it's not just physically that we can be brought to this state. It can also be psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if you think of this emotional crippling depression, right? That can actually bring you to this point where you cannot move. You cannot even feed yourself. This acute onset depression, people who have that condition, they're brought to this sort of moment where, and it's, it's not even just a moment, it's actually a pervasive thing. It's where they just cannot do anything. Now, this also doesn't just apply to negative forms. It also applies to beautiful forms, right? So when you have an existential realization, you have this stunning moment of awe. You have this just incredible beauty, this incredibly meaningful experience. In that moment, you're speechless, right? The speechless moment is that moment of like, ah, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't move. I can't believe what I'm seeing. I can't feel my body. I can't say anything. I can't think, right? That's another example of this moment of just, ah. Oh. So it's not just crisis that brings us to those moments. There's still quite a lot going on in there. Now, 
here's the prime directive. Here's what you do with this level of consciousness. And there's only one thing that you can do. And that is to wait. All you have to do is wait. And all you can do is wait. Now, in the case of the beautiful <laughs> experience, you're probably not thinking, oh, how do I get out of this? <laughs> you don't want to come, you don't want to have someone come along and say, just wait, this moment is passing. It's not going to feel like this forever. <laughs> don't ruin the moment. <laughs> but in the case of injury or crippling depression, knowing that you just have to wait is quite handy. It's quite good to know because things will change, conditions will change. And if you think about it, what can the zero-year-old baby do? What can the six-month-year-old baby do? All they can do is wait. And if they do wait, they're going to grow. They're going to actually evolve. It's very much natural for a baby to go from six months old to a year old, to two years old, and so on, right? Now, there is another major component to this prime directory of waiting. And this is sort of secondary, but also very much related to it. So the secondary directive or the secondary thing that you can do is get help, right? If you're a baby and you are without your mother and your shelter and your care and your food, you're not going to last very long. You're going to die. But if we are, as adults, regressed back to that stage of development, we have to recognize that we cannot help ourselves, we cannot fix it ourselves, we cannot bring or muster the resources that we need to get out of that situation, and all we can do is get help. Now, in the case of someone who's having a depressive episode or a psychological breakdown or someone who's injured physically, like they've had something happen to their limbs or they're sick, then, well, then you can know, right? You need help, right? In that situation, what do you do? You call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. That's all you can do. And then what can you do? Well, nothing but wait. You just have to wait. So if you can remember in those moments of crisis that get help, it's on the way, and then just wait and you can hold on well enough to know that things will evolve. Things will change. So that's a little bit about beige. It is foundational. It is a very core stage of, of consciousness development. And probably one more thing I should add about it, which is that there can be this tendency to romanticize it because it's undifferentiated. The higher stages of consciousness or the sort of interest in higher stages of consciousness can sometimes romanticize that and say, well, it's egolessness, it's oneness. And they sort of elevate that to this stage which it's not really at, right? It's not really oneness. It's not really 
egolessness because it hasn't been through the arc. It hasn't actually gone through the stages and had the differentiation processes happen. So don't think of babies as these enlightened gurus that are in this brilliant state of enlightenment or ecstasy or all-knowing power and then they regress back to their humanity as they grow and our whole point of being a human is to get back to where we were as babies. That's, that's not the right way to think about this. There is an arc. There is an arc that goes through the spiral, through differentiation, through integration, through breaking apart pathologies and repressions. And that is when you reach to those states of oneness, those states of egolessness. So there is a, there is a full circle component to this. We do actually end up having things that is, is quite understandable why people can misinterpret those earlier stages as something higher, but we want to be clear about that distinction. So don't romanticize beige, don't romanticize or elevate the undifferentiation stage of consciousness that is found in one-year-olds to this sort of guru level or enlightened master sort of level of consciousness. So that's some insights from Beige. And when we get to it, there will be certain leading questions in the questionnaire at the end of this section that will help you get in touch with some of the moments in your life when you've experienced that. And if you can just remember when you've regressed, when you're in those moments where you really can't do anything, There's only two things you need. There's only two things you can do. One is get help. And the second is, and the most important is, wait. Sometimes you're so incapacitated, you can't even get help. And in that case, all you can do is wait. And understand that consciousness has its own way. Life has its own way of unfolding. Events have their own way of changing. So if you can just wait, you'll be all good. You'll be able to move on to the next thing. And for us in our story, the next lecture will be purple. And this will be the first relational stage in spiral dynamics. So let's head on over to the next lecture. Thanks for checking out this talk. I'll just remind you once again that this comes from my online course, Applied Developmental Psychology. So if you want to go deeper, if you really want to get into the depths of the mechanics and the understandings and really open yourself up to these truly amazing ideas and concepts, go on ahead and enroll in the course. There'll be a link somewhere in this video or this talk where you can find out more and you can actually enroll. So thanks very much. Have a beautiful day and I look forward to seeing you in the course.